Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Star Guys, a podcast about Stargirl on the CW. I'm a Star Guy. Big surprise there. I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Pete. And Pete is also a star guy, even though he doesn't say it. Secret star guy over there. We're going to be talking about season two of Stargirl, Summer School, Chapter 5. Now, if you haven't watched it, go away. Watch it. Have a good time. It's a fun little episode. You're going to have a little, you're going to have a blast. Sure, what's going to happen. Quick recap here. Not going to touch on every point, and then we'll go back and talk about some of the big points of the episode, things that particularly struck us. But in this one, we're focusing a little bit on Cameron, a character that we haven't seen as much of in a little bit. He's mostly been in the background painting a mural. But here we find out more about what's been going on with him. He's been bummed since his father died. He's been into art. He's been into Courtney in particular, seriously crushing on her. And over the course of the episode, he turns down Cindy Berman with her potential offer to join the ISA. She doesn't even get that far. Almost shivs him, in fact, yeah. uh, which, which is, you know, sucky, like a sucky way to go, I think. Uh, and then also Courtney runs away from him because she has to deal with young JSA stuff. Specifically, Eclipso corrupts Randy Havens, the teacher from Stranger Things. Oh, man. Real bummer. Guy you has stopped to go. Stop going to screwed up high schools, dude. Yeah. Seriously, guy. Unbelievable. At I the think end of it's the- him. Now I think it just follows him. I think it's his fault. Mm-hmm. Anywhere Absolutely. you see that guy, run for your life. Well, definitely at a high school. Junior yeah. high, it's a little dicey. Could go either way. College. Yeah. Just to probably, be safe, I would run. Sure. Just if you see it, run the other way. I mean, once again, and I'm interrupting the recap here, we did, this is a very weird thing to say, we did a staged reading with him on a cruise ship Comic-Con once. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Super nice guy. Very nice to hang out with. Really liked him a lot. Really bummed to see him covered in goop this episode. But at the end of the day, Stargirl saves him. The JSA saves him, even though some of their greatest fears are revealed to the process, as well as the power of Clipso is clearly growing. And at the end of the episode, a couple of things happen here. One, Cindy is really starting to put together her young ISA. And also, Court, uh, not Courtney, Cameron. Seems to get his ice powers. So a bunch of big things happening in this episode. Did Would he you... or was it the brush mm-hmm. that had the powers and then he just dropped it because the brush got Okay. Cold. You think we're gonna see Brushicles Jr.? Yeah, that's I can right. barely get that out. <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. <laughs> that was also, rough. Also, uh, you know, there was like well, no, we'll, we'll get into it. I don't want to. But let's get into it now. Those. I mean, I'm curious to think hear what you thought about this episode because I felt like the season had a little bit of a slow start in the first episode, but it's really been ramping up, in my mind, episode after episode. The last one I thought was really fun. This one I thought was really fun as well. Yeah. I believe, 
I believe these are both the ones that were directed by Leah Thompson, and she did a really good job with both of these. Uh, great director, great actor. Very excited to see her back, and she really brings a different energy to the show, which I think is very cool. What'd I you agree think, that this was like up, uh, you know, like upbeat and fun. I mean, the only thing that like I completely disagree with is, and you know, I'm talking to. Uh, all the painters out there, you don't need a muse. You know what I mean? Like you can just paint for the love that you have for the craft. You don't need something else to be good. Well, I'm going to blow your mind here, Pete. If you are painting for the love of the craft, then the craft is your muse. Or you could just not say that thing. It's a weird thing to say. It's your muse. Like, I lost my muse. No, dude. Like, what is going on? You know, it's not like that. Well, I'm going to ask you a question here, and this is really revealing me right now. But every time before we tape this podcast, I hear a voice say to me, I am your muse. (laughs) Tape this podcast, Alex. Do you hear that as well? Stop. No, no. No. We should stop. Something's going on, and I'm scared about what's going on in that dome of yours. All right. I smoke a crazy amount of crack before every podcast. Is that wow. doing it? I Is would, that it? I'm, I'm very surprised how lucid you are for someone who's been smoking crack. Thank you uh, so much. For so many years. <laughs> Thank you. A- after a certain point, the effects start to dull, as do my teeth. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're making a pro-crack statement right now, and I don't want to do it. I mean, this podcast started as a pro-crack podcast and then slowly morphed into a Stargirl podcast. So I think honor your history. That's basically the takeaway here. Yeah, I guess. Let's continue to talk about the episode, I think, is yeah, what we're doing. I, Maybe. Yeah, yeah I think Now, so. this started off with an interesting scene, I think, which yeah. is a flashback to Farmersville, California, 10 years ago. Also, we got, a flashback to, like, you know, people back in the day didn't care about their kids or listen to them. Uh-huh. I mean, that was just some cold-blooded shit where it was just like, nah, don't worry about it, sweetheart, you're fine. And then, like, this alligator person steps out of the shadows. I don't know who that was. That was uh, the Dragon King. You love the Dragon King. That Remember was the... the Dragon King? Yes. Oh, wow. It's okay. been so long. It has been a while. So that was Cindy Berman's house. If you remember, Cindy not only accidentally killed her own mother, but right. was corrupted by the Dragon King, her father, who was away for a long time before that. So that's what was going on with the scene as we saw the beginnings of this, which I thought was a very interesting place to take it, given that we didn't get a lot of Cindy, Cindy in this episode. You know, yeah. we got the great scene with her with Cameron, where he really shut her down about what happened when her mom died. I thought that was rough to watch, but so good. And we got the scene at the end with her gathering the young ISA, but there was a, wasn't really a Cindy episode. The almost Shiv moment. Yes, the almost Shiv moment. That must be tough. Would you like that if you could sort of pop one claw every once in a while? I mean, that would be that would be fun. You know? Yeah. Would you use it to like open cans and stuff? Yeah, of course. Oh, me too. I use it to open lots of stuff, cut vegetables, literally anything. Oh, man, you could just slice and dice. It would be so nice. Now, here's a question, though. When you slice up vegetables with your shiv, you got to wash it off with soap and water before you retract it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're getting zucchini juice inside your veins. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's not good. Cross. I do like the fact that we're having this conversation with a, is it Wolverine number one graded 
sit, sitting right over your shoulder like some sort of guardian angel. That's right. Oh, nice. Does the it, king of ships. <laughs> you should have another evil comic on your, over your other shoulder giving you yeah, bad advice. Like, oh, yeah. you have Joe Paddock. That's right. There yeah, you go. They kind of. This is great. This is great for our audio podcast. I'm going to move on. <laughs> so anyway, my point being, I liked all the Cindy stuff, but this isn't really a Cindy episode necessarily, but still good scene. It was a, the, it was a window into how creepy her life has been. Now, here's the next thing I want to talk about, though. This seems to be probably a big theme of this season, I'm guessing, uh, but certainly builds on what we were talking about with the last episode is Courtney comes home at this point as Pat is there. And Courtney is kind of spitting back what the shade told her about, you know, bad and evil are two different things. There's kind of shades of gray, no pun intended or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that's this to me points to some friction and a potential fracture between Courtney and Pat. Do you think that's coming? Well, I think they're constantly at odds. And I'm sure somebody who has a child would agree that, you know, Mm -hmm. at certain points they're testing you. You know what yeah. I mean? They're going to be like, you know, poking holes in your logic, trying to see how, uh, you know, what kind of information you're giving them. So, I mean, I appreciated it. Um, you know, I thought it was well done on her part uh, because she is being lied to. Uh, yeah. And the exactly what you're saying is that Pat is withholding information, and even if she yeah. doesn't know it yet. She is right, though. I think she's also probably wrong to completely trust the shade because obviously he's yeah, holding to back throw your dad under right. the bus over some shady person who like flipped everybody upside down at a tea party in quotes. Well, but come on, who cool dude comes in town? He's got a top hat. He's got a sweet old ride. Yeah. You got this broke-ass dad, Pat Dugan, over here, oh, who's always on. giving his folksy advice and making Dude, pancakes. don't say broke-ass. Pat's Who rolling deep. You gonna... Have you seen the rides that he's got? He's got a robot Who car. Who is Come more on. likely to take five bucks, go into the Quickie Mart, and buy you some brews? The Shade or Pat Dugan? All I'm right, going fine. with the Shade, man. Shade's cooler. All right. All right he's a cool man. dude. The Shade is the kind of guy I could go behind the Quickie Mart and smoke crack with a little bit. You know what I'm talking Uh-oh. about? <laughs> well, you like Please this? Don't, don't, Let's uh, turn to something that I do think you probably liked. And I'm curious to get your input on based on your own personal experience over the past weekend. But Pat has a real fun exchange with his dog in the hallway. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Just like, you know, so classic. you dog sat this weekend. Did you That's really right. relate to the scene? I did. I very much did. You know, you know, it's uh, it's nice to have somebody there when you're going through stuff. You know what I mean? Just to kind of talk out loud to. You know, I think it's it's a nice, helpful thing to do. And they say that a dog is a pretty good friend to a human. That's the expression, I believe. Yeah, that's exactly how it went, Cornell. Nice job. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so let's talk about Cameron's thing in a whole Because I think there's a lot of stuff going on with him here As we mentioned, both Courtney and the painting Yes He was like, you know, they kind of almost had some nice moments with Court But then he was like, hey, I'm sick of this will we, won't we shit We did a whole (laughs) season of this And I'm not going to stand for it anymore It is really interesting to watch them have a almost romance where they almost kiss, given yeah. how much the show does not care about romance at all, like particularly for a CW show. Yeah. But just in general, there's barely any of it. They're much more into the character dynamics and the heroics and the supervillainy and all of that stuff. So to get that seed, I was like, all right, we're watching a CW show. I forgot. <laughs> 
Okay, thank you. See, dub it up a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't need ships necessarily on every show, it but it's like nice and they're cute together. I like it. So, I I did want to ask you another thing, something that I was kind of wrestling with a little bit. Obviously, Courtney really likes the fact that Cameron has an entire notebook full of drawings of her. Yeah, I think that's creepy. a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're like, with me I on this? Sh- I want to show you something. Hey, <laughs> hey uh, I, uh, when you're not paying attention, I'm drawing you. Is that cool? Well, that's she was the sort really of thing. into it, though. She, she was, was super like, into it. I think there's hey, a diff- it's me. Somebody <laughs> is paying attention to me. Uh, I you know. feel like it's the same thing as... So you have a crush on somebody. You're right. allowed to draw all those pictures. You're allowed to write you know, Mr. Alex Spears or whatever in your notebook over and over again, you know, like that sort of thing. Sure. 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 I see where this is going. Yes. You're allowed to, but you don't show that to the other person is my point. Like you can show one portrait. You can be like, Hey, I drew this picture of you. What do you think? Not, I have 500 pages filled with nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I close my eyes and I I see out loud to your face. I, I haven't uh, I haven't slept in days. What do you think? You like this? You like my bloodshot eyes? Uh, uh, Just to be clear, it's not wait, crack. What? It's not crack. What? It's you. I'm high on you. What? You do like this? Oh, <laughs> weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I got. I'm a little worried about Courtney's taste. Um, I am too, but I did want to give two little details here. I know you hate me bringing up work stuff, but I did interview Hunter Sanson, who plays Cameron for this week's episode. Oh, how is this relevant? Well, this is relevant in two ways that I wanted to bring up. The first Uh one, there are two facts that I thought you really like. The first one. I would just like to go on the record is usually when you bring up these interviews, you send us on a wild fucking goose chase that is emotionally draining. All right, I'll keep these brief then. The okay. first one is I asked him about the grandparents uh-huh. the and what they're like in real life. Nazi it, grandparents yes. who are oh like... Oh, my God, they just wander in here and breathe ice. Oh, my God. Terrifying yeah. and you not a huge surprise, but he was him. like, no, they're actually the nicest people in real life on set. And I was like, okay, they made you say that, right? right. Yeah, they made you say that. Yes. But the other thing that I thought was very funny that I asked about, uh, so his character's name is Cameron, and the actor who plays Rick Tyler is named Cameron Gelman. It trips me up every time I'm writing about the show, where I'm like, sure. wait, which one is which one? Which one? And I need to check, so I asked him if it tripped up, and he was like, yes, 100%, absolutely. Apparently, particularly during season one, they were constantly showing up for each other's fittings and reading oh, assignments and things. that had to be... Oh. Constantly. So they said he said that it's gotten a little better towards the end of season two, and they're really good friends in general. So they sort of like check on things and figure it out. But I thought that uh, was I thought that was a funny fun fact. That's all. Well, that's fun because if they're friends in real life, because they play the the friction between them really well. That scene was so weird. That scene well, it was where, just an advertisement just, for Mustangs, is what it was. He what was, was happening rolling, there? Rolling in his Mustang, going, "Hey." Uh, I mean, I guess the subtext of that scene, so Rick, yeah, Rick rolls up, revs his car at Cameron a couple of times, and I guess the idea is he's like, hey, you're probably evil like your dad. You know, that's... 
I assume the subtext is the same, but the, the subtext is it's a small town. There's nothing to do, so you might as well just sit at this stop sign and just hang out. I guess I don't know that they've ever had a conversation. These two characters, nope. no, they have, have they not. been in a scene together? So weird, yeah, very strange. <laughs> Um, so there's that. Uh, I think we've talked through all of the Cameron stuff. You want to talk about Beth a little bit and what's going on with her. Oh, my God. What do you think about all this divorce Please stuff going stop on? stop with Beth. Give Beth a chance, everybody. Can we just... Poor Beth is going through so much with the goggles and now her parents. And then she tries to confront them and they're like, oh, sweetie. What did you think about her putt-putt metaphor? Yeah, that was that was money. Money. <laughs> was, I don't know. That was a little too subtle for her parents, I guess. Saying, "Hey, yeah. did you hear about the other putt putt and their investors got back together and are so happy right now, or whatever that was?" Hey, she tried. She, she took definitely a swing. tried. She tried, and I just didn't get a hole in one, but maybe she oh, got par. Also, like. It's not going well when Rick's got to stick up for you. Like when, you know, even Rick had to be like, hey, Pat, can we not gang up on Beth right now? She's going through a lot. Can you just possibly consider her ideas a little bit so not everybody in her life is shitting on her at the same time? I mean, talking about ships, though, that seems to be heating up every episode so far. They've got something going on where they're hanging out together or... They have a close hey, moment or they stick up for each other. I'm pretty sure these kids are like 12, 16. I don't Hashtag ref. Hashtag ref. We're not it's supposed to be ref shipping rising. anything. It's not legal, so let's the Bic. stop. Stop Bic rising. pushing teens. <laughs> no, I think they're like, I don't know, 25, 26, something like that. It's cool. <laughs> In real life, yeah, the, <laughs> the people they're playing. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it was nice to see Rick not be a total grump all the time, so that makes me happy. Uh, maybe, you know, feeding Grundy is really helping him kind of see the world a little bit, you know, sunnier. You know what I mean? I think so. I mean, once again, he was listening to the exposition radio station in this episode, oh, I right? I love that. Keep this bit going. <laughs> hey, tune in for all the key information <laughs> you need to know about this television show. I mean, morning radio show. <laughs> hey, everybody. Next up on the radio, if your parents ran into a tree but were secretly <laughs> killed by a monster this song is going out to you this one's for you hey if you broke some goggles that were the only thing keeping your sanity together this one goes out to you <laughs> hang in there do you like to ride a staff around at night and where everybody can see you well have we got a little ditty and it goes as little something like this hey if you murdered somebody and put on a cat costume not sure what you're doing with your life, but you're going to summer school, trying to figure it out. Hey, good luck out there. This I love uh, you. That's definitely the best boiling down of a character is you murdered somebody and put on a cat costume. It's not even in that order, but I like it. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Uh, yeah, there's definitely something going on with him and Grundy and him being like, maybe I'm the monster. Am yeah. I the Frankenstein or the Dr. Frankenstein? Which Ooh. one am I? It's something that's discussed very heavily online. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's what we touched on Rick. Uh, let's, let's talk about, yeah. I just want to say, but we had mentioned this a little bit ago. If you're going in for a kiss and your phone dings, why are you stopping? Right. Where are you? What are you really in this for? 
That is the most ridiculous TV I would be thing, super right? upset being like, hey, I'm, why do we... We were both... This was... No? Oh, Ignoring phone your phone ding. Yeah. I once watched an entire movie with my glasses off because I thought I was going to get kissed. And I was. <laughs> Worth it. Never yeah. saw a thing on the screen. Nobody tell me what happened to Gattaca because I don't know. <laughs> Good, for Good you. date movie, though. Oh, man. I don't know what's happening. Ladies love Gattaca. <laughs> I just want more scenes of creepy grandparents just like opening and closing curtains. You know what I mean? The That's best. all I need. Yeah. I love them so much. They're great. Uh, let's talk about the shade stuff because that is starting to collide with the eclipses stuff in a big way. But we still get a lot of interesting teases from him. One that I wanted to call out. We were wondering what's going on with Barbara. Right now, so right? Barb is like, "Hey, listen, we're not going to do this again. Mm-hmm. I already was working for one creepy villain. I'm not teaming up with another one. I'm not falling for it." And I was like, "Yeah, Barb, yeah, but just explain what office you're in and what your job <laughs> is and what's going on, real quick. Can you give me one more line, Barb? But no, they cut away. When will we know if she has a job or not anymore? I don't know, but she's definitely wandering in and out of that office. Also, we get this tease that." Shade sees Barbara and she reminds him of somebody that he knew a long time ago. And she's like, also, yo, I'm not doing a romance thing where a guy is crushing on me again. Leave me alone. And he's like, no, 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 I meant family. So I feel like maybe this is too crazy of a theory. I feel like we're going to get some sort of reincarnation thing type thing going on where either Barbara is the reincarnation of somebody from the Shades family or looks exactly like his sister from hundreds of years ago or something like that. I don't know. I feel like that's her purpose here is to tie her into the Shades storyline in some way and potentially push her to the forefront there so that she takes a more active role in everything that's going on. Or it's just a creepy way to explain why you're in somebody's office. Sure. It's what do you think is creepier? Handing somebody a notebook with hundreds of drawings you've done of them or telling somebody that they, they look remind exactly you of somebody in their family. Yeah. Which one? They're both pretty <laughs> creepy. That's pretty high of the creepy uh, yeah. scale. Oh, you remind me of an unspecified family member. Or is it creepier to be like, hey, will you be my muse? And then they say yes. And then you turn and puke on canvas. That was pretty cool, though. Do we want to talk about Randy Havens puking up paint in the art room? I thought that was fun. I liked uh, one of the things that Jeff Johns called out before the season as an influence was Nightmare on Elm Street. And this straight up, the head coming out of the wall, that's the Freddy Krueger effect from the first movie. Um, The vortex and everything seemed... Very much a mix between Stranger Things and Nightmare on Elm Street. I thought this was super creepy and super fun, this whole sequence. What about you, Pete? Yeah, yeah. I did think once they were in there and the Jace, the the Pollock kind of all over the wall stuff was fun. And I was like, oh, man, the art department had a great time in this room. Mm-hmm. Look at all the fun. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was a, a cool amount of, like, creepy um, and tripped out and fun. Uh, I thought it was pretty pretty awesome. It was also pretty interesting that Courtney was not affected at all by Eclipse's powers. So this is something that I think is pretty obvious that we guessed, and I'm sure our viewers have guessed as well. I don't think they've necessarily kept it secret, but 
both the Shade, who has darkness powers, and Eclipso, who seems to be powered by darkness, don't seem to affect the Cosmic Staff in any particular way. And she clearly is able to fight back against both of them, which, of course, puts her front and center towards beating these villains. But I'm also worried about the the godlike complex it's giving her a little bit, you know, with these step into the light, like, can you, mm-hmm. can you touch the light? Like, oh, I mean, that was straight up God and Michelangelo, God and Adam, Michelangelo painting God and Adam of the Sistine Chapel there you go. thing with the cause. I figured it out yep. with the Randy Havens and yep. Pointed yeah. out the figure and everything, but fun visual. I thought it was very cool. Yeah. I like the conclusion there. Uh, and it also makes sense to have like, you know, this kind of darkness fighting, uh, you know, somebody with a glowing cosmic staff. You know what I mean? Now, do you think Cindy at this point has realized that she has lost control of the Black Diamond or does she not realize? She does not realize. And you would think with all that noise that's going on in her head (laughs) that she might be like, hey, this isn't normal. I don't normally hear this creepy noise all the time. It's true. Uh, Speaking of creepy noises in your head, just briefly to talk about Yolanda, because she's definitely being backburdered this season so far. But we do get to see she sees the pictures of Brainwave and also Brainwave Jr. here. Two people who died seemingly because of her. You know, you can talk about blame there, but she was definitely involved in both ways. Uh, One of them she straight up killed. The other one died for her. So she's definitely laying, uh, holding on that guilt, though she does tell Courtney earlier on in the episode that her headaches are getting better. So what do you think potentially is happening there? I'm sure we're heading towards some sort of resolution of the storyline. I believe it's going to be in episode nine or something like that. It's going to happen. But what do you think? What's your guess? Oh, I don't, I I don't know. I, I hope it's not too weird for her. Um, I, I hope it's, it's okay. I think that like, I don't want it to be just one of those things like, oh, we don't have time to get into the headaches. Let's sweep it under the rug because I like her and I, I want more with her. Even if it's just like her working shifts and like trying to struggle with dealing, you know, with like, you know, maybe I should talk to somebody about this trauma or whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't have to get too mystical or weird, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I like her as a character, though, so I hope I hope it isn't... Uh, Let me throw out another crazy theory to you that's based on almost nothing. But if if we assume that in some way Brainwave preserved himself in Yolanda before he died at the end of last season, and that's why she was having these headaches, if the headaches went away, maybe he figured out some way out of there. You know, okay. some sort of alternate place to go, some sort of body that he was able to create with for himself. Yeah, I don't want her to, like, be half him or something something like that. Or... Yeah, I guess we'll have to see if the headaches come back or not. But I could see, given how much this show likes flashbacks and jumping around and everything, some sort of situation where she he actually left her head an episode or two ago, and we're going to flash back and find out what actually happened there when he comes back and confronts her, you know? Yeah. Also, like, um, they really did some damages to their school there and their lockers. Mm-hmm. Like, you got, I mean, I would be so pissed I got to school the next day and my lockers, like, shredded or punched all the way in. I mean, that would be really That would upsetting. be a huge bummer. How are they going to get away with that? What are they going to excuse? What's the excuse there? Yeah, I don't know. 
I would feel, I would hope they would reverse it somehow, you know, mm, some sort of crazy crackhead coming through the school, just tearing up the lockers, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can finally get cast in your dream role. Oh my God. That I uh, live in the life, man. Live in the life. Before we wrap up here, any other moments that uh, you want to call out from the episode? Yes. Pete, what happened Mikey, with the car? Oh, the, Mikey. Oh, right. We yeah, forgot right, well, Mikey. first off, first off, thank you for bringing that up. There was a nice shot of Pat in the car, you know, and just kind of like pulling up. It was just him parking it and stuff and like getting out, but it was still, still very key. Um, yeah, the Mikey kind of one more piece to the puzzle. Uh, I was really hurt by that because I was hoping, you know, Pat came up with this plan of like, hey, Mikey, we'll kind of come up with something together. And this new information makes me think that Pat's going to drop the ball on that and Mikey's going to turn. And now I'm worried. You know what I mean? Mm. I I was I went from feeling like oh no Pat and Mikey are strong and everything's going okay, because um, Dukes was kind of a dick. We was like Mikey, why you have us drive all the way out here to look at junkers? And then like the guy who works in the garage was there and kept uh, uh, like lowering the price. Zeke, was, yeah, yeah, that was real funny. Well, Zeke and Mikey are the same age, right? I believe are the same person. What you are the same person? <laughs> yeah, they're two halves of the same being. They complete each other. Uh, yeah, this scene was a little weird, but I don't think it ended up in Mikey going evil. I think it ended up in Mikey getting a little bit of hope from Pat because they're going to work right, on some sort of JSA project He together. gets himself like, pumped up for hope for him and Pat connecting, and then something happens. Pat's distracted, and he goes to try to save Courtney, hmm. and... Uh, you know, then Mikey I can turns. See I see what you're talking about. Yeah, and I'm not, uh, like yeah, I guess we'll have to see what happens there with both of them. I did really like the detail at the beginning of that scene of all the stop signs at the junkyard from when the Thunderbolt dropped them. That's yeah. where they ended up. More, I love stuff like that. I want more stuff like that, just sort of uh, weird Easter eggs in the background for the show, particularly as more crazy things happen in Blue Valley. Like, Next episode, just have somebody fixing up the lockers and be like, geez, who shredded this? Yeah. You know, that's fun Uh, stuff. Also, I'm really hoping this uh, smoking business card catches on because, Mm -hmm. man, how cool was that effect? Like, hey, you didn't think my number was on there? Uh, open up your desk drawer because there's going to be a lot of smoke and it could really like if it's so just... unnecessary. My note for that was cool business cards, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like the old smoking business card. Just Gets put them your every number time. on there originally. Save some time. Why, why bother with that? The reveal. It's all about uh, the reveal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Why don't we wrap this up with who was the star of the episode? Pete? Who's the star of this week's episode? Wow, it's tough. I mean, you want to say Bauer, but obviously, you know, I mean, her scene with the shade was really mm. was really good. Um, oh, man, this is tough. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to say the puke in our teacher. I'm going to have to give Ooh, it. Ooh, Randy Havens. Yeah. Give it up for him. Uh, I was about to say R.I.P., but I guess he just went to the insane asylum. So maybe he'll be back at some point. We'll see. Yeah, I thought he had died in it originally, and then I was like, oh, no, no he's still yeah. alive. I'm going to give it up to Cindy Berman in this episode. I know she nice. said she wasn't in it a lot, but, man, good stuff even in her scant few seeds. Love putting together young ISA with Cameron. Uh, she gives up on Cameron. Briggs and Isaac and Artemis, which is fun. That's going to be a good trio. 
I don't know what's going on with the Mikey thing, pulling out his picture that seems to contradict all the information we've been told about this, but that is very fun and very ridiculous to be like, Mikey is our trump card for this young ISA. He's, he's the muscle. He's the one that's going to bring it. He's the explosive expert. Um, but very fun stuff with Cindy. She's just great. And folks, that is it for our podcast. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come out. We would love to chat with you about Stargirl. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at StarGuysPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, Star Guys out. Take care. 